Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Bethany will come up in just a few moments. But thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Church, for a wonderful welcome. We love being here and uh, to be with you to worship this is one of our favorite places, but this is the first time we've been in this building. And so congratulations. Wow. So wonderful. I love it. And, um, and I love seeing so many faces this morning. Uh, Bethany and I, uh, I, I, I like some places I go. I'll, I'll start off the service and I'll say, hi, I'm John and I'm a missionary. And sometimes people will say, hi, John. And I'll say, it's not that kind of meeting. Um, I, I just want to, um, I just uh, I want to reach out and pray for our heroes, uh, uh, Paul and Mary. And uh, I understand that uh, your dad is, is not here because he's, he's still dealing with some heart issues. And so... I just want to reach out in the name of Jesus and just pray. Lord, I just speak healing and wholeness over this heart and the, the, the whole system um, that is there. Lord, that all the arteries will open and there will be healing. I just, I just believe right now that there will be a sense of God's presence. Visit them, this wonderful couple in their room, their, in their house this morning. And... If there are others who are, is there anyone else is dealing with heart issues? It may not be as dramatic as all that, but you're, you're dealing with heart issues. Just raise your hand. And just lay your hand right on your heart right now. And we're just going to pray in Jesus' name. Complete healing. Complete wholeness. Lord, we, <laughs> we repent of those things that we've... we've We've uh, been unkind to our bodies, and uh, Lord, we repent of that. But Lord, we ask that you'll begin to bring healing and wholeness, and we'll take care of the other things, eating right and exercise and all those kinds of things. But Lord, we pray for healing right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many of you know where Curacao is at? There's one, two. Uh, so th- that's that's the thing, and uh, so Bethany likes to tell people uh, because when they see the the word Curacao, they don't know how to pronounce it. it. And oftentimes it comes out with like Caracas or 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 you know. And so I want I want to teach you the way that Bethany teaches people how to pronounce the word Curacao. It's one of those mnemonic devices. That if you, if you want to have bacon, you have to cure a sow. And so, um, God is good. And he's much better than what you think. And he's bigger than what you think. And he is more in control than you think he is. And he, when you said, Jesus, 
guide my life. He took you seriously when you prayed that. And the prayers that you've prayed, that you thought went unheard, they have been received in heaven. They've been heard. I want to bring you assurance of that. So many of you have prayed for young uh, for your your lost. Thank you very much. We some of you have prayed for lost lost loved ones, and you've you've prayed and prayed, and you've not seen any movement there. God has heard your prayer. Keep praying. Um. We, when we received a call into missions, Bethany and I had both, when we were young people, we, we loved the thought of missions. Bethany um, had a sense of calling at a young age and really had a desire to go to, into missions. I was, you know, a little bit later in life, but I, I prayed about missions. I had been, I'd served in the military. Any veterans here this morning? I, I served in the, in the Air Force, and I was stationed overseas, and I had, a, I had a pastor who was a missionary to the United States military, and he was my pastor and had a huge impact on my life. And, and I thought to myself, Lord, I'm... I, First of all, it was a prayer to God. God, I thank you that you sent such a wonderful man, that you placed me in a place of, to be able to receive ministry. But, Lord, I'd love to return that favor. I would love to be able to do what this man did for me. And I, I, we, got a, we got married. I got another service, and we were pastors. And I kind of forgot about those things. We were... Bethany and I, we attended a prayer meeting in Los Angeles. Uh, it was the 110th anniversary of the Azusa Street Revival. And there, it was a wonderful moment. It was, the glory of God was there present in such wonderful ways. And people from all around the world came and gathered at, a, at UCLA at the sports stadium. And we... We prayed and cried out to God and repented of sins. But in, in the meetings, a stranger came up to us and with a prophetic word. Someone we, we, we knew where they were from and we trusted. And as I've, actually our daughter introduced us, she was a friend and someone she trusted. And, and, and this person prayed, prophesied over us that, that the prayers that we had prayed as young people that we had quit praying, God had heard and was about to begin to fulfill those things. And that God was sending us to the nations. And I had forgotten about the prayers that I had prayed. And I thought, well, that's interesting. The prophecy, I've kind of shortened it a bit. It was a little grandiose, to be honest. It was, it was a little bit embarrassing to really to confess this morning all the things that they said about us. And I thought to myself, well, isn't that sweet? Isn't that precious? Thank you very much. And we went back on, went home and continued on with our lives. 
we had an opportunity to be in Canada at a meeting where our daughter was, was one of the leaders and our youngest daughter and uh, her youth pastor came up to us, the, the pastor that she was serving under, and had a prophetic word. It was exactly word for word, the thing that we had heard in Los Angeles. A couple months later, we were in Israel and we were in the Valley of Elah where David killed Goliath. And we were there to gather our five smooth stones at the brook, because that's what you do. And while we were there, a man came up to Bethany, an American man, and said, I hope this doesn't concern you or frighten you, but as you were walking up, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, and gave us exactly the same words. The prayers that we had prayed as young people who had quit praying. God had heard and was about to answer those things. God hears your prayers. I feel like someone here is, uh, you've, you came with a prepare to give your heart to the Lord. And the Lord heard that, that your conversation that you had with yourself and it, with him. That if I come today, so this is your day. And at the end of this service, we're going to give you, I'm sure the pastor will give you an opportunity to come and receive Jesus as your Savior. And if there are those who were infirm, you need healing, we'd love to pray for you if you gave us that opportunity. Uh, if, is, if we could launch my PowerPoint, if you have that, do you have that? I'd like to share uh, a little bit about our ministry. Bethany's going to come up in a few moments. We've, we don't do this like this. This is the first time I'm going to start a message, and my beloved is going to come up and share, and, and I feel like she has a prophetic word, or at least a word of encouragement for you, and and uh, you'll want to listen to her because she hears from the Lord. I it, there's uh, is it is it launched the PowerPoint? Oh, there it is. How many of you love campfires? How how many of you how many of you do not? like camping at all. We Michiganders are in the minority. Those who of us who don't like to camp because it really is a, it is a state, it's you've, um, it should be our state motto, right? Something about hunting and camping and, and being out of doors. I saw, saw a joke where someone said, uh, uh, a little cartoon that says Bob really loves the out of doors. He has a whole collection of them. There's a bunch of doors that says out. <laughs> and um, we, I, 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 I want you to know that it's one of the things that we realized when we got to this island that is 500 miles north of the equator. One of the first revelations that we had about the island is it's hot. 
And when we came back to the States in September and we felt the breeze, the cool breeze of Michigan, we thought, I thought, oh, praise God. <laughs> oh, I love it. Because uh, in Curacao, things uh, are very, very expensive. And the things that we consider to be just you know, we don't really consider the cost so much in this country. Electricity and, and water, uh, they're very, very expensive. All the water has to come out of the ocean. It has to be desalinated, and electricity is expensive. And so if you want to have air conditioning, you only have that in your bedroom. That's all you can afford to air condition. And when you come out of your glorious air-conditioned bedroom in the morning, having had a great night's sleep, you wake up and you step into the real world where sweat just immediately begins to pour down your face. And more times I've had breakfast where the sweat, <laughs> providing the seasoning for my food. This uh, a nice campfire would not have been so welcome there, but there's a great thing about campfires is that, and I'm not a camper. I, I don't like sleeping out of doors. I don't. I don't. I don't like the bugs. I don't like having to walk to the latrine, you know, half a mile away. I, those are the things that I don't like about camping. But one of the things that I, I find, and and as I've asked people. What is it you love about camping? It's the campfire. It's what happens in the evening. It's what happens when neighbors and family and friends come and gather around the fire. Wonderful things happen. There's s'mores that are shared. There's hot dogs that are roasted. There's, there's wonderful fellowship that happens there. And people who are otherwise, if you, if you give them time, you, you know, a lot of campgrounds, you're, they're outside of the where you get the good um, a cell signal, and so you have to put your phones away. And you can have real conversation. And if you give people enough opportunity, uh, they'll talk. They may sit on the... Some people get really, really anxious with silence, and so they have to fill this, the silence with sound. But there are some people who are, they're worth listening to if you give them the opportunity. They'll sit on the log, they'll sit on the camp stool, and they will share if you give them time. And, and you have really wonderful heart-to-hearts as you get smoke in your eyes. If we go to the next slide... There is a portion of scripture in John chapter 21. This is uh, Jesus had, had risen from the dead and he had assigned his disciples to an assignment. Go, go meet me in Galilee. And he, and he met them there, the place where he had first called them. And, he, uh, and the disciples got there. Simon Peter was still... Uh, feeling this 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 distance from the Lord because he had denied the Lord, there was still a lot of uh, reconciliation that needed to happen between him and the Lord and and within himself. And so, this, Jesus sent the disciples up there, and they got to familiar grounds. And Peter says to the other guys, uh, 
I don't know about you, but I don't know what's ahead for us. I don't know what our future for ministry is, but I'm going to go fishing. Who wants to go with me? And so they go out onto the Sea of Galilee and they fish all night and they haven't caught a thing. And the sun is beginning to come up and they're coming into shore and they see someone has a campfire going on on the seashore. And before they can, they can uh, recognize who the person is, he calls out to them and said, Do you, Did you catch anything? And the disciples said, uh, No, we got skunk. <laughs> Something like that. And, the, and, and he says, Have you tried fishing on the other side of the boat? Can you imagine seasoned fishermen, professionals? What difference does it make to go to the other side? But because the man spoke it with such authority, they said, well, it won't hurt. Let's throw the nets over on the other side. And immediately their, their nets became so heavy with fish that they could barely bring it in. And then they recognized it was Jesus. And they came to shore, and he prepared breakfast for them. He says, come and eat. And Jesus had bread, and they had fish, and they brought those things together. Now, if you know your Gospels well enough, you know there's at least two other instances where Jesus, the disciples, bread and fish came together in, in miraculous happenings. How many of you know those stories? Where Jesus fed the thousands, and... Uh, this and the miracle was that Jesus broke the very limited amount of bread and very limited amount of fish, and he broke it and blessed it and, and handed it to the disciples. And, and in the disciples' hands, it was multiplied as they began to feed the multitudes. And there was a miracle that happened here around the campfire, but it wasn't that kind of miracle. The miracle was, as they were sitting around the fire, there was a relationship that was restored. Jesus was in the midst of them, and they be, and Jesus was their cook. I don't think I would complain about my, my, my fish being cooked a little bit too much. If it's the Lord, it's cooking your breakfast. I think I would just leave my complaints alone. So it was okay, Lord, it needed a little, little hot sauce. But, but the miracle was that relationships happened. And my point is this, is that oftentimes miracles happen around the table. How many of you know that to be true? Relationships happen when, and miracles happen when Jesus is in the midst. If you know, this, if you know the, the, uh, the Gospels, there are many, many stories of Jesus sitting around the table. One of my favorite stories is this. There was a man named Zacchaeus. How many of you know Zacchaeus? What do we know about Zacchaeus? He was a wee little man. A wee little man. And he climbed up in a... Why? For the Lord, he wanted to see. You guys know your Sunday school songs. 
I'm really impressed. Pastor, you're doing a good job. So this is a story. So Jesus was on his way to the cross. He was, he was making his tour from the north to Jerusalem, and, and he stopped in Jericho. And while he was in Jericho, uh, he, he was walking down the street. Now, the scripture describes a scene where he's surrounded by the crowds. He had an entourage. There were those people who traveled with him. There were Jesus followers. There was Jesus disciples. But then there was local people who joined the crowd, and, and they walked along the streets, and it just happened to happen by coincidence, if you will. How many of you believe in coincidence? I, I, one of the things I've realized since I've been on the mission field is that, more that, that the more that God's people pray, the more that supporting churches pray, the more coincidences happen. Where great connections happen, relationships are developed, strategic relationships that opens many doors for ministry. And Jesus, by coincidence, was walking down the street where Zacchaeus was climbed up into this tree. And he looks up, the scripture says, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house for lunch, uh, me and my, my posse. The Bible doesn't say it exactly that way. I'm sure there's some translation. Probably in the Greek it says posse. I don't know. But Jesus brings a crowd, and he wasn't embarrassed about asking and inviting himself to Zacchaeus' house. Zacchaeus was a wealthy man, and there needed to be a connection between he and Jesus. The wonderful thing about this story is, is that there's a conversion. You know that story, right? Zacchaeus' heart's changed. But there's no record of anything that Jesus said around the table. He may have been teaching, but we don't know. That's not important to the story. It's not what's recorded for us. What was important is that while they were eating together, suddenly something happens in Zacchaeus' hearts, and he stands up in his chair. This, I, it doesn't say he stands up, but this is the way I see it in my mind. He's, he's this wee little man, and... He makes an announcement. I, I can imagine in my mind there's, there, there's uh, the plates and the, and the cutlery. There, there's the clinking of plates and dishes and, and, and people are eating. There's a low murmur of people talking amongst themselves. And it's suddenly uh, Zacchaeus breaks this and he says, he says to, his, to everybody, he announces to everybody, Hey, you know, I'm a very wealthy man and... Something's happening in my heart, and I'm going to give away half of my wealth to the poor. And besides that, if I've cheated anyone, which is probably everyone gathered around, if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to pay it back double. And, and Jesus is amazed, and he looks and he says, salvation has come to this house today. I love it. The gospel wasn't preached. There was no, just as I am being sung by the choir, there was just Jesus' presence there, and the hearts began to change. 
I want to talk to you about the gospel of hospitality. Inviting people into your life to join, to have supper with you, to eat food with you, and bring Jesus into the mix. We, we've learned something over the years, especially since COVID, that despite the fact that we've got communication devices in our pockets that we can, we can talk to people, we can text people, we have, uh, we have all kinds of information at our fingertips, but we're lonely, lonely, lonely people. COVID really pushed that to the forefront. The Lord helped us, and Bethany's going to share in a few moments, perhaps if, she, if I give her enough time, about how we were able to, the Lord led us to begin to begin to fill that need and introduce people to our homes and introduce them to Jesus. The, in Luke 14, it says this, this is another occasion. I'm not going to share the entire story. I'll trust you to be able to read that. Jesus uh, is in another setting where he is being hosted at a, at a person's home. And Jesus said to his host, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your reward. Instead, invite the poor the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, you will re- uh, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Amen. So the next slide, if you go to the next slide for me. This is where Curacao is. We are 30 miles north of Venezuela. You can actually see Venezuela from uh, Punda, which is downtown Curacao. And uh, so we have a lot of Venezolanos. That's how you're supposed to say it. Um, And in our congregation and on our island, we also have Latinos from all over uh, South America. And uh, one of the things that we do is uh, we have been pastors of an international church. Our uh, Curacao is a Dutch island. Uh, They speak actually five languages fluently. Most people speak four um, of those five languages. So it's a Dutch island. So Dutch is the um, uh, common language and the language of the Constitution. The common language or the heart language is Papimentu, and they're trying to get that to be also a constitutional language. English is the business language, and Spanish is there because we have so many uh, Latin Americans that are part of the island. But we also have a lot of Chinese, and so Chinese is another um, language that is readily spoken. Uh, the next slide, if you go to it. 
This is part of Curacao. Curacao is beautiful, but it's almost as if you took a portion of Arizona and plopped it into the middle of the Caribbean. It's very dry. You would think that it's not. You would think it's humid. It is not humid. It is very dry. And um, all the plants want to kill you. That's what I say. Next slide, please. And this is uh, one of the areas that we hike on a regular basis. It's absolutely gorgeous, but don't get off the trail. Actually, someone did die in this area just before we left the island because he got lost. Uh, Next slide. This is called the Tree of Life. It's really a calabash tree, and it's one of the places on the island that um, tourists will come to on a regular basis. It's a beautiful hike, beautiful tree. And what they will do on the, uh, on the island is they'll take these trees and they will paint them uh, different colors. So it's pretty interesting. Next slide. This is what we call Punda. This is the downtown area of Curacao. And from here is what you can see Venezuela. Uh, the next slide. On the other part of the island, you can see Bonaire. This is John and I. We are downtown celebrating King's Day, and the uh, King's Day is celebration of the birthday of the King of Holland, and uh, so or the Netherlands. And uh, he is of the House of Orange, and so everybody wears orange. Next slide. This is our friend and interpreter for uh, most of the ministry that we have done on the island. Uh, His name is Miguel. He's a tour guide. If you ever go on a cruise and get off in Curacao, call us and we'll hook you up with the best and most funniest um, tour guide ever. And we're standing in front of a monument to the slave Tula. And Tulo um, was someone who um, procured freedom for himself, and then he went to the other plantations, and he freed other slaves so that they could be free. And the reason that they were protesting and wanted to be free is so that they could worship on Sundays in their own churches. Next slide. Interesting. This is our table. This table was purchased with BGMC funds. BGMC is Boys and Girls Ministry Crusade, right? Am I saying? No. Challenge. Yeah, so I'm old and they changed the name. So anyway, this is purchased with BGMC money, and um, actually BGMC helped us to purchase this table, the chairs, the lawn furniture, and a grill. Thank you, Jesus, because don't you know it is really hot to cook in Curacao. And what we do is on Thursday nights, we invite our friends, and during COVID, we ended up um, meeting lots of friends on the hiking trail because... I know that they locked us down. I, know, I understand that we uh, here in Michigan, because we were here in Michigan during part of uh, the COVID lockdowns. Um, but what happened to us is we actually got locked out of our country for about nine months. We ended up staying in Lincoln Park during that time. And uh, when we returned to um, Curacao, they locked the island down in Curacao. And when, what that meant is that you could not leave your home. So we had to stay in our homes 24-7. The only time you could leave your home was two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. So from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., you could hike. It's dark. But you can hike. 
And so we would hike. We only got stopped by the cops once and had to turn around. But um, they did have police, and if you were outside of your yard, they would fine you, put you in jail, make you go home. Um, If you drove your car that was not on your two days that you could drive your car, they would fine you, put you in jail. And uh, so... um, all of my Michigander friends, and I, under, I get it, I understand that complained about COVID restrictions when we got back to Curacao. I was like, those Michiganders have nothing to complain about. <laughs> but during that time, the Lord uh, provided opportunity for us to meet friends. And those friends that we met, uh, John would say, you know, after this is over, we're going to open up our home and allow you to come to our home and we'll feed you some good American food. And so uh, friends began to come to our house. And the friends that began to come to our house uh, were generally Dutch. The Dutch um, people do not know Jesus. They don't know what it's like to go to church. Most of our friends, all but one, had never stepped foot in a church a day in their life. And so during that time, our uh, friends would come. We would share Jesus with them. They were all atheists, and they were all, well, that's really good for you, but, you know, I don't believe that. However, because we turned it into a Bible study, John gave them fire Bibles in English because they prefer to read in English. He gave them fire Bibles in English. They would go and read the story that John would say, look, would you read this story for Thursday night and we'll discuss it. And then they would come back on Thursday night and they would discuss the Bible with us. And during that time, our international church that was full of Latinos and Curacaoans and Dutch people began to join us on Thursday night. So half the table were believers, half the table were atheists, and we would have great discussions. And after the discussions, we would have a prayer time. And during the prayer time, sometimes some of our atheist friends would go back to these chairs in the background and have a smoke that didn't bother us. And while they were having their smoke, the rest of us were praying. And our atheist friend having the smoke would say later, you know, the most touching thing to me is to watch the believers pray for each other. I wish I had faith like that. I wish I could tell you that all my atheist friends came to know Jesus, but none of them have given their heart to the Lord yet. However, when their sister was diagnosed with cancer, when their children got COVID and were really sick, when they had heart issues and they were really sick and thought they were dying, guess who they called for prayer? Last week, Pastor John had a conversation with one of our friends, and I'm just going to call him Peter. That's not his name. And Peter, um, on the other end, I'm a great eavesdropper. And so I was listening to the, uh, it's easy to eavesdrop with John because all of his conversations are on speakerphone. (laughs) So I'm eavesdropping, and at the end of the conversation, after John prays for um, our friend, um, 
they hang up, and I said, his heart is softening towards Jesus. John's talking to him. John's sharing the gospel with him, even on the phone, hundreds of miles, thousands of miles apart, and he's crying. He still hasn't given his heart to Jesus, but he is that much closer to the kingdom of heaven. Next, next slide. This is uh, some of the Bible study that happens. You'll see the different uh, cultures and races that are present. The next slide. This is actually a very small group um, this, uh, on this occasion. Sometimes we would have as many as 25 to 30 people. That was probably normal. So we would feed them, and then we would have a Bible study. Next slide. And this is a very small kitchen, and it's very hot. Next slide. <laughs> And this is our friend, Peter. When we left the island, though Peter is an atheist and he will not go to church, we've invited him. He came twice to meals. (laughs) And um, though he is an atheist and he will not go to church, this is what he left us with when we left the island. He sent this scripture to us and he said, Bethany and John, have a nice and safe trip and may his spirit be with you. And he quoted Galatians. The Lord is faithful. I felt like uh, Friday night that the Spirit of the Lord gave me a word for your congregation. And so, and then this morning I felt like the Lord added to it, saying, I'm just going to read it or or, um, try to give it to you, and allow the Spirit of the Lord to minister to you through it. And if this is for you, I would, and I'm not sure that this, I don't think this is just for one person. I think that this is for more than one person. And I honestly feel like the Holy Spirit has been ministering to you and you and has been calling you to the next place of your walk with him, which will include service for his kingdom. I'm not saying he's calling you to be a preacher or a missionary, but I am saying that he's calling you to be the missionary to those that are around you. And I feel like the spirit of the Lord is saying that from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water and that the spirit of the Lord himself will infiltrate you and your innermost man in your innermost being with the word of God itself. If you would open your mouth, if you will open your mouth, some of you are afraid to open your mouth. You're afraid of what the person is going to say or do because you have the fear of man on you. You need to set that aside. The kingdom of God does not come and and is not progressive when the fear of man is present in your life. Open your mouth and allow me to fill it with the words that I have for you, for your family, for your co-workers, for your neighbors, for the blind, for the beggar, for the homeless. The spirit of the Lord is calling you to a new place in him, to a new ministry in him. He's been tugging at your heart and you have been resistant. 
You're not here by accident or watching online by accident today. Don't be afraid to allow the word of the Lord to flow from within you. For it is in that secret place with me that that river is formed. The secret place with me is where the presence of the word of God takes life and takes residence. And when you will allow that river that is right here in your inner, in your spirit man to be released and not to be hindered anymore, then the spirit of the Lord would be able to flow unhindered and touch those around you. Sometimes we pray, I'm sorry if I'm stepping on toes, pastor will clean the mess up later. (laughs) Sometimes we pray, Lord, would you just cause my, my child, my brother, my mother, my father, my neighbor, my coworker to come to know you as Jesus. Have you ever shared the goodness of the gospel with them? Ouch. Sorry, not sorry. The spirit of the Lord is within you. Sometimes we say, well, Lord, I just don't know what to say. I hear the word of God or the spirit of the Lord saying, open your mouth. I will fill it. Allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you. Allow the spirit of the Lord to well up within you and come out of your mouth and change the world around you. We pray for revival, but it starts right here. And it starts right here by opening your mouth. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen